Welcome back to another episode. Today, we're going to take a closer look at C-Limited. The company recently reported earnings and stock price dropped over 20%. So in today's episode, what I want to do is take a closer look at what happened during their earnings and just kind of give my overall thoughts. I do believe there's a lot to discuss here. And right now, I think we are in this complete bearish mode for C-Limited, which is making me a little bit more curious about this company and where we're at right now. So let's take a closer look in today's episode. So first, I want to say the stock is down big, right? If we take a closer look in the past five days, C-Limited is down roughly 29%. We can see year to date, the stock is down roughly 23%. And if we take a closer look in the past five years, the stock is actually doing really good, up 200%. But from its five-year max, this down, the stock is down roughly 88%. And I do believe this kind of just showcases to a, a few learning lessons just right off the bat, right? We are seeing a lot of our favorite stocks right now kind of see new momentum due to new markets, um, just like C-Limited saw in 2021 uh, and, and early 2022, right? One of the companies that I can think of is NVIDIA, right? NVIDIA right now is up over 300% in the year. Oh, oh, oh. Up, up over 200% year to date. Um, and it's just kind of a reminder that, hey, it is important to understand that the market can kind of kick us in the butt many times. And even though there are numerous growth opportunities, um, it's always good to understand that things like this can happen, right? So obviously, it is important to always kind of understand where portfolio allocation is at and just always think of the scenario. Hey, if I'm investing in this stock and right now, if this stock drops X amount within the next few months, how much would I hate it? Uh, So things like that can overall help with kind of portfolio allocation. And it's kind of just a reminder of, hey, we can't get too tied up into a stock. C-Limited is still a company that I own and I really do enjoy the company. Unfortunately, I don't enjoy the price action. And on today's episode, I also want to talk about some of the mistakes that maybe a lot of investors might be thinking C-Limited did. Uh, So if we take a closer look at their overall earnings overview, I do believe if you look in all different sites, you're going to get different results. For example, here we can see in the earnings per share, um, the company did beat analyst expectations. But when we take a closer look at revenue, it did miss analyst expectations. I don't believe this is what's really causing the stock price to decrease. I'll talk about that a little bit later um, in this episode. Um, But I I do believe if you go to some other sites, you might see that they miss probably both on earnings per share and revenue. So there's a lot of kind of um, confusion happening here and do believe that's why it's more important for you to understand where you want the business to go in the long term of things. And to kind of see how the traction and how the company is doing. If we take a closer look, total gap revenue was up 5% year over year. So we are seeing some improvements there. Um, we're also going to see the company did adjust, uh, did report a nice adjusted EBITDA uh, profits, which a lot of investors are super excited. Now I want to talk about something that might be worrying investors. And uh, I'll actually talk about that in a bit. But first, uh, just some kind of quotes from the earnings call. Um, we did see that C's management are pleased to see positive developments across all their three segments of their businesses during the quarter. They do mention Shopee continue to enjoy significant improvement in margins and strong growth in revenue year over year. As they start to ramp up growth for Shopee, it saw a double digit increase in growth orders in gross orders quarter on quarter. They talk about their digital entertainment. Garena showed sequential active user and paying user growth with bookings demonstrating more signs of stabilization. Moreover, Free Fire also started to see quarter on quarter growth in bookings. 
Finally, they talk about C-Money. It continued to achieve both strong growth and profitability while maintaining a, re a relative stable risk profile. And this is where I believe a lot of investors are a bit worried of what's happening with C and what's happening with management. They do mention that as shared earlier, they believe that now is the right time to start accelerating, re-accelerating in their investments in growth. And I, I do believe this is kind of, um, many investors might be seeing that C is kind of flip-flopping back and forth. So in 2020, 2021, we did see that C Limited was really focused in the growth market, right? They really started to do this kind of expand uh, into multiple regions, multiple regions in Latin America, multiple regions in Europe. And, and then obviously that, that was during that great time where kind of e-commerce was the only thing needed due to COVID and due to lockdowns. Um, then everything started to go back to normal and everybody started to see that, hey, look, e-commerce is cool, but it's not the necessity. And we started to see that slowdown and obviously all the macroeconomics push. And at that moment, C Limited said, hey, look, we're going to stop focusing in some of these regions that um, might not be growing for us in forms of profitability uh, and are burning too much cash. And we're going to focus more on becoming more of a profitable business. And they ended up showing that, hey, that was possible. And now coming into this year, into this quarter, C Limited is saying, hey, look, we're going to start focusing in growth again. And I do believe this is kind of getting a lot of fear for investors of kind of causing a flip-flop back and forth. I, and I do want to say, I think it's important to have an investment thesis for every company. If your investment thesis was that, hey, um, C Limited is more of just a pure growth story, then yes, when they would have kind of changed to this profitable mindset, um, that would have broken the thesis. Now, if you invested in C Limited because your thesis was this becoming a profitable business, then now that they're flip-flopping back to growth, um, it's it, it kind of breaks that thesis as well. But I do want to say maybe if you are an investor that is open to the fluctuation, I believe I am. I believe that, hey, there are certain opportunities where a business can't be stable all the time. If there is the opportunity to be a growth player, you are definitely you should definitely run and, and go with it. If market changes, you have to change with the market. So for you to become profitable or, or kind of reduce expenses a lot to improve your overall business and be able to survive and that's the right move, then I think you should go back at it. And then while you continue to do that, if you do see another opportunity to grow again, then you kind of move into that growth opportunity again, but with lessons learned from the previous from the previous mistakes. And that's what's important to me, learning from your previous mistakes, right? In the previous mistake, it does seem like C Limited was pretty much expanding into a lot of these countries. What we're seeing right now from this growth acceleration that um, C wants to do right now, it's more just growth within its core products. And the only kind of really big player outside of its core market is Brazil. And they do mention that they are seeing good traction there and good results as well. So for me, as long as they stay in this mindset where they're going to be a growth story, but be a growth story in the places they know where to do that. Uh, so overall, I'm not too worried about this kind of flip-flopping. I know there might be some investors that are worrying about that. Um, and then there's other investors that I might be seeing right now. There's a lot of kind of talk about C-Limited that, hey, C-Limited made this huge mistake in 2021 because they just focused in growth opposed to kind of focus in infrastructure, which the company is doing 
now. And I want to say hindsight is obviously 2020, but even now, that w- we, we don't know if that was a smart move. We know like companies that deal in the e-commerce like Amazon, they really focused in kind of really building up a lot of their infrastructure in 2021 and 2022 by buying so many distribution plans, getting so much retail and everything else. And kind of fast forward, some of those distribution plans had to be closed down. So even if the top player made a smart move by focusing on infrastructure, they also made a mistakes to some extent. So I believe right now in 2021 and 2022, C Limited did the best that they can with what they were able to see. And now they're kind of shifting focus, but going with those lessons learned. So right now you can kind of see right off the bat that I'm pretty bullish with this change in momentum. Again, if you run a business, you don't want to be stale. You want to be able to kind of adjust and, and, and kind of adapt to the overall market. Before we go any further, I am going to take a closer look at every segment here, but I just want to say thank you for the support. We're about to hit 27.3 subs, so if you haven't hit the subscribe button, make sure to do that. I know this isn't a topic on the semiconductor industry. I love the semiconductor market. It's my bread and butter. I do have a membership program for weekly exclusive videos. Make sure to join that to learn more. If you want a great offer for Fool.com, check out Fool.com slash Jose. If you just want a free newsletter, check out josenaharo.substack.com. And finally, finally, I want to thank The Motley Fool for sponsoring this video. And check out fool.com slash jose for the 10 best stocks to buy now. With that link, you get a promotional offer for the subscription service. Now, let's continue with today's episode. So if we look at some other financials next, we can see total adjusted EBITDA made a huge comeback, right? We can see about a year ago, the company was burning roughly $506 million in total adjustable EBITDA. Now it's up roughly $500 million there. Another thing that we are seeing, this company is kind of building back its cash and cash equivalents in short-term investments. We can see in fourth quarter of 2022, it was roughly $6.9 billion. Now it's jumping back up to $6.7. One of the biggest things that this company has done is really cost reduce the cost of expenses. Cost of revenue is down 11% year over year. Sales and marketing is down roughly 49%. General administrative expenses down 19%. Provision for credit losses is up roughly 37% right now. And we can see research and development expenses is down roughly 24%. So they definitely kind of pull back down in sales and marketing expenses. Again, kind of eliminating some of that growth story and kind of pushing more on profitability. And that's where a lot of that kind of savings came into. So a lot of investors are worried that, hey, look, now that the company is going to focus on growth again, um, we are going to see a lot of these kind of expenses, especially sales and marketing, kind of go back up. And we are going to start to maybe see a total adjustable EBITDA kind of go back down as well. Uh, And again, it, it all depends on the type of investor that you are. I I don't mind when a company kind of adapts with the overall market. If they see growth opportunities, go for it. And I do understand that the risk with those growth opportunities is maybe a reduction in some of their financials. Um, So I do believe it's great to be somewhat fluid with your mindset in your investment as long as you still keep kind of a static thesis. 
Now, uh, I, I want to take a closer look at individual markets. So first, let's take a closer look at their digital entertainment. Uh, so first, we can see quarterly active users was up 11% quarter over quarter. And we can see this was one that was bleeding before in quarterly active users. Now, this is going to be the second quarter of sequential quarterly active users growth. Unfortunately, we still are seeing bookings down on a quarter over quarter basis. But that slowdown is kind of flattened lightning to some extent. Uh, so overall, I'm still pro positive that digital entertainment can continue to do um, decent for this market. And I do believe the company can continue to benefit, especially from their game Free Fire. Obviously, not to the extent we saw it during the kind of COVID time frame. Um, they do mention bookings for the game, talking about Free Fire uh, within itself. Within itself grew quarter on quarter for the first time in the past seven quarters. So even though digital booking as a whole was down on a quarter over quarter basis, when we look at their core game, Free Fire, that was up quarter on quarter for the first time in seven quarters. So that's something that investors should definitely be excited about. Uh, now, if we take a closer look at their e-commerce market, the e-commerce market revenue was up 28% year over year. What I really do enjoy is their gross orders were up 10% quarter on quarter. And some investors might be wondering, hey, Jose, their gross orders are up this much, um, and but their revenue is really not up that much. First, one of year over year the other is quarter over quarter but the company is it is seeing a nice um year over year revenue growth because they are kind of bringing some of the costs back to the sellers they might be kind of increasing the amount of fees that they are seeing um, they are increasing maybe the amount of ad money that they are making uh, and some of the investors might be wondering hey jose isn't this bad shouldn't the company um revenue be growing more i personally think it's not necessarily that bad, especially if we are seeing gross orders increase on a quarter over quarter basis. I believe if we started to see maybe revenue go up and gross orders go down, then that might be a whole different story. The other thing we are seeing is adjusted EBITDA in forms of their market. They are profitable in Asia and the Asia regions. Unfortunately, in other markets, which is mainly driven by Brazil, is still seeing a loss. But they do mention that in Brazil, unit economy. Economics, continu economics continue to improve with contribution margin loss per orders improving 83% year on year to reach roughly 24, for, 24 cents for the quarter. Uh, so overall, we are seeing kind of the improvement in the e-commerce market. And again, we are seeing that they can be profitable uh, in some adjusted metrics if we're looking in their core markets as well. Uh, so they do mention that, hey, look, given these positive developments and trends, we have started and will continue to ramp up our investments in growing the e-commerce business across our markets. Such investments will have impact on our bottom line and may result in losses for Shopee and our group as a whole in certain periods. However, this does not change our unwavering emphasis on self-sufficiency and improving cost efficiency. So again, I do believe this is where we have to see is the company going to learn from its mistakes? I do believe if you are seeing the time to kind of grow, um, definitely put money back into your business and kind of fuel that fire. The way that they're going to kind of be able to grow is obviously create more sales and marketing, maybe some incentives, free shipments and stuff like that, reduce the cost of some of their seller fees as well to kind of just bring more growth opportunity here. Uh, so that's what's happening. And again, we are going to maybe see some quarters where results are going to be at a loss opposed to some profit that we're seeing right now and that might 
fear a lot of investors. They do believe that the efficient gains, like, like I mentioned, um, because of all the positiveness that they saw, is able to further strengthen their ability to invest efficiently in growth. And again, this is making them kind of fluid. It makes them adapt. Hey, look, we're going to start investing in growth right now. We might start to see some losses. But at the moment, we start to see some form of slowth. And again, we couldn't see that we can go back to profitability to some extent and kind of wait it out until we see our time to strike again and kind of see some growth. Um, they do mention that some of these expenses, they're going to, in the quarter, they further improve the efficiency of their logistic operations and expanded their networks and capabilities. They kind of announced, for example, um, self-collection lockers, uh, point across a variety of retail locations, um, kind of 24-hour access on installed lockers in different kind of convenience stores to kind of help um, reduce the logistics cost, including manpower cost and better delivery experiences across their markets. So it's not like they're going to give up in everything that they've learned, but um, we can see that this company is going to focus a little bit more in the growth market. They also talk about their digital banking. We can see gap revenue is up 53% year over year, sitting at $428 million. It is up also quarter over quarter. The company is also happy to share that, hey, they are in a very low-risk market to some extent. Even with the current macroeconomics, they mentioned that non-performing loans pass due by more than 90 days as a percentage of their total gross loans receivables remain stable at around 2%. Uh, so not a big amount of risk at the moment, and that's during a very, very kind of weak macroeconomic time that we're in right now. Um, uh, some Q&A session. I, I, they, there was a few Q&A sessions, and a, a lot of the Q&A sessions were like, hey, um, you guys are flip-flopping. You're going from growth. You're going back to growth. What, what should we expect? I talked about that a lot uh, earlier on. Um, there was only one that kind of really brought a little bit more light, in my opinion. They do mention that they continue to see Brazil as an important growth market for them in the long run, and they will continue to invest in growth there. At the same time, they continue to focus on efficiency of growth. We see that on a quarter-on-quarter -quarter basis, we saw improvements in the EBITDA loss per order for Brazil as a result of their continuing improvement on cost efficiency, in particular in logistics now in Brazil. Uh, they also talked a little bit about one of their new games, On Don, has been launched, and usually, and usually with new launch games, they first focus on engaging with their users' base to try to make sure they have a strong user base and good engagement level from these users. Once they mention that, hey, look, we have a good base, we have good customers, we have uh, good players, we they start to focus on monetization later on. They do mention that the performance is still within expectations so far. Uh, so obviously, Andan can definitely be a different kind of growth opportunity for their digital entertainment business, but that's going to take some time. We also see that the company is seeing improvements in Brazil. And again, I do believe C is now more of a different story where they kind of lift the life of the growth monster, right? They lift that life in 2021 and 2022. They kind of saw what they needed to do to accelerate it. Then they kind of lift the life of, hey, look, we're losing too much money. The market has been completely, completely horrible. We have to be completely cost efficient. Right. So they've lived that life in such a short amount of time and kind of experienced so many different things as a business that I do believe that they're able to survive. And now kind of going into this story, they're going to focus in growth. But when they focus in growth, they're also going to be focusing on the efficiency of the growth. There's no point in growing in markets that might not be seeing much 
much um, results on the bottom line. Instead, they're going to focus in markets that they do believe can kind of lead them to better results on both top and bottom line. Uh, so overall, I do want to say I'm pretty excited about C Limited. I really haven't purchased this company in a long time. And now, um, where I do believe everybody's completely bearish, uh, where everybody hates this company, uh, I, I'm enjoying it. I do believe that them kind of flipping back that growth story after learning so much from their mistakes and learning so much from the earnings potential is going to give me uh, some nice buying opportunities for me to kind of continue, uh, add into this company. I mean, look, market cap of roughly $23 billion, cash and short-term investments of roughly $7 billion. Uh, so overall, C-Limited looks attractive to me. At the same time, though, right, I can be completely wrong. This is more of like a turnaround story. So it all depends on where you're at. Let me know how you guys are planning on playing with C. Is this a company you're going to wait for maybe a little later on for the turnaround story to get a little bit more color? Are you liking it right now? Are you hating it right now? Let me know in the comments below. Take care. Have a good day and see you next time.